Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. The animal that I'm going to be talking about today is known for its large quills that give it protection, but that's not the only interesting thing about them. They have so many characteristics that make them unique from other animals. So don't come too close, because today we're talking about one of Earth's largest rodents. Porcupines. Porcupines usually live in forests, but sometimes they can be found in grassland and tundra biomes. They can be classified into two different families, Old World and New World porcupines. Old world porcupines include African and Indian crested porcupines who have lifespans that exceed the other family, living up to 27 years. New world porcupines, on the other hand, include species that live in South, Central, and North America. Typically, they're about one and a half to two feet long and can weigh anywhere from 10 to 28 pounds. The African crested porcupine, also known as the great porcupine, is the largest porcupine in the world, weighing over 30 pounds and about 2 to 3 feet long. Two species are classified as dwarf porcupines, and they weigh about 4 pounds and can grow to be around 1.5 feet long. And their closest living relatives are capybaras, guinea pigs, and chinchillas. Now, let's talk about their defining characteristic, their quills. As I said in the beginning of the episode, their quills are mainly for defense and intimidation, and they're pretty much just hairs that have been modified over millions of years of evolution. Defense is extremely important for them because they have a lot of dangerous predators. Their predators include minks, wolverines, foxes, mountain lions, and some birds like eagles and owls. There are over 30,000 quills along the porcupine's body, and all of them are about 2 to 3 inches long. They appear everywhere on their body except for their face, underbelly, and inner leg area. That would probably make it pretty hard to walk. Each quill is barbed, meaning that they have multiple sharp points along the strand, almost like barbed wire or cactus needles. And these barbs make the quills really hard to take out of your skin making it extra painful to remove. The quills are made up of keratin, which is the same stuff that makes up our fingernails. And contrary to popular belief, they're attached to the porcupine's body, so they can't shoot them at you. But if they do lose a quill, another quill will grow back to replace it. What's really crazy, though, is that their quills also contain antibiotics. So just in case they get pierced by their own quills, they won't get an infection from it. And you can actually use the quills to determine the difference between the old world and the new world porcupines. The quills of the old world porcupines have a lighter pattern and can be white or brown, while the new world porcupines are much darker. 
And just when you thought the quills couldn't get any cooler, they also help the porcupines swim. Because the quills are hollow, they're also buoyant, meaning that they float in water. So it's basically like the porcupines are wearing floaties at all times. Porcupines burrow in dens like most rodents, but what you might not know is that some are arboreal, meaning that they spend a lot of their time in trees. They're able to use their sharp claws to climb up trees, often in search of food such as hanging fruit or vegetables. In order to avoid predators, they'll also build nests in trees out of loose branches. And even though they build dens, they don't hibernate for the winter. But they do like to stay close to home, as they never really travel over 100 feet away from their dens. But what do porcupines eat? We'll find out right after the break. The science word that I want to talk to you about today is transpiration. Transpiration is when water leaves plants through a structure called the stoma. It's a really important process in the water cycle, and it's similar to evaporation. Welcome back. Porcupines are herbivores and are known to eat a wide range of plant material. Their diet depends both on their habitat and the season. During the spring and summer seasons, their diet consists more of berries, leaves, roots, grass, and other plants that are in full bloom. During the fall and winter seasons, they eat tree bark and needle leaves because most of the other plants in their habitat have either died or gone dormant. But they are picky about what they eat. Porcupines in North America have been seen to choose which leaves to eat based off of the fiber and protein content that the leaves have. Depending on where they live, they're also known to be pests among farmers. They'll steal food such as corn on the cob, underground carrots, potatoes, and berry bushes when they can. Their large bucktooth-shaped teeth are designed to be able to chew on both hard and soft plant material. And to sharpen their forefront teeth, Porcupines chew on wood. The wood may be hard sticks fallen from tree branches, tree bark, or man-made objects like hand axes or canoe paddles that they find. And their front teeth have a gap in between them, which allows them to take in food as they're gnawing. Only in very rare circumstances do porcupines feed on meat. And when they do, it's usually dead and decaying animal carcasses during seasons where food is really scarce. Porcupines spend most of their time looking for food, but during the winter, they utilize their fat reserves and spend less time looking for food and more time resting. They also have a natural preference for salt, so they may forage along roadsides and sidewalks for natural salt deposits. The reason they crave salt is because they don't have a lot of it in their regular diet, and the reason they need it is because salt is really important for their metabolisms. Porcupines don't usually finish their food, stopping only after a few mouthfuls. During the spring and summer months, porcupines will travel up mountainsides for better food availability, and they'll travel back down in the fall and winter to create dens and mate. In order to find their way around and locate their food, they rely a lot more on their sense of smell than their eyesight. They have a great sense of smell, but they also rely on sound to communicate. To call for a mate, both male and female porcupines vocalize loudly, 
And when they find a mate, they'll rub their noses together to let each other know that they're interested. After this, the male porcupine will stand on his hind legs and urinate on the female to let other individuals know that she has chosen to mate with him. Dominant males claim and defend breeding territories for about three consecutive breeding seasons, and males will fight with each other to determine who gets mating rights. Females usually give birth to one or two offspring every year, and a baby porcupine is called a porcupet. They begin breeding when they're about one to two years old, usually in late October and early November, before it starts snowing a lot and there's very little food. The gestation period for porcupines is about 30 weeks or six months, which means that they'll give birth right before the start of spring. After only about eight months, young porcupines are ready to live apart from their mothers. They're mainly solitary creatures, unless it comes to mating season. What's really interesting is that sometimes they'll all come together in the winter to create large dens and forage together. They do this because food can get scarce, and also there's safety in numbers. If there are multiple porcupines in an area, then predators will be less likely to attack. Okay, let's take our last break, but don't go anywhere, because when we get back, we're going to talk about some more porcupine behaviors, as well as why they're important to the ecosystems that they live in. trivia question. How much DNA do humans share with slugs? A, 30%, B, 15%, C, 70%, or D, 90%? The answer is C, 70%. Let's talk more about the dens that porcupines dig. They're really good diggers, and a large part of that is because their nails are long. Their dens tend to be dug at the base of trees, under large rocks, or even just on the side of a hill. And the dens are just about as big as the porcupine itself, so they don't exceed above four feet, and are big enough to sustain the porcupine and a small amount of collected food. Typically, in hotter climates, Porcupine feet and nails don't have to be as strong because the ground is softer and a little sandier. In North America, though, their hands and nails are typically longer and stronger because they have to break apart harder soil and plant material. Their dens are great protection, and predators know that they can get hurt if they come too close, but sometimes that's not enough to deter them. If predators start to approach, porcupines will growl, hiss, and stomp their feet. They can even shake their quills to make a rattling noise as a reminder that they're dangerous. But if none of that works, they'll back up into the predators and pierce them with their quills. Porcupines are ecosystem engineers, which means that they have a direct impact on the availability or accessibility of resources in an ecosystem for them and other species. When they dig burrows and forage for food, they distribute soil. This helps to cycle nutrients throughout the soil, which is beneficial for plants. Porcupines also feed on dwarf mistletoes, which is actually a parasitic plant that harms North American trees. The dwarf mistletoes stop the trees from growing and producing seeds, so removing them is extremely beneficial to improving tree quality. 
but there are also things that they could do that could hurt the ecosystems around them. For example, when they feed on tree bark, they actually strip the protection that the tree has, which allows different insects to build their nests there. So even though it's a loss for the trees, it's a win for the insects. Some of the biggest threats affecting porcupines today are deforestation, forest fires, and roads. With the area of their habitat decreasing rapidly due to agriculture, urbanization, or wood harvesting, porcupines are left with less space for feeding or building dens. Because of these changes, they could have to alter what they eat. Also, porcupines don't have the most amazing eyesight, and they're not that fast. This means that they risk getting hit by cars if roads are built in their habitats. Another problem is that farmers view them as pests, which means that they'll smoke them out of their dens or maybe even trap and kill them. In many states, porcupines are unprotected, mainly because they have no hunted or captured value. But some species are listed as vulnerable. If you want to help porcupines, you should take a look at these organizations. Friends of Porkies, African Wildlife Foundation, and Southwest Wildlife Conservation Center. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of porcupines. You can find the sources that we used and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's on wildlife. You've been listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray. On Wildlife provides general educational information on various topics as a public service, which should not be construed as professional, financial, real estate, tax, or legal advice. These are our personal opinions only. Please refer to our full disclaimer policy on our website for full details. Thank you.